Amen. Are y'all ready for the word this morning? If you came to hear from me, you're going to be sorely, um, you're going to leave here disappointed. Amen. But if you came to get a word from the Lord, listen, you are going to be blessed today, okay? Man, can I just take a moment just to brag on you very quickly? I, I came November 20th, well, excuse me, a week before the 20th, and got to hear Brother Tim Todd. Man, what a powerful series of messages. Glory to God. But you know what I noticed about this house? Every house is different. We're all the body of Christ. Amen. But there's a different anointing on every house. And here's what I noticed here. I felt welcome from the moment I hit that door to the moment I planted my blessed assurance in that seat. Amen. I felt blessed to be in this house. And more importantly than all of that, yes, you have an online presence, and yes, the Word of God is preached here. You know, you know how to get God's presence to come here with your worship, but you know what? You give the Holy Spirit freedom to move about the cabin, amen? Freedom to move about in the house of the Lord. And listen, that's what it's all about. Are you with me this morning? I want to bless your, your man of God, Pastor Marty, is, is being used by the Lord, Amen. He's obedient, and he's helping to draw me into a deeper place of obedience. Some of y'all don't know that, okay? I, I'm not comfortable. I've never been comfortable standing up on a Sunday morning until after the first five minutes, okay? I was that way in high school. Every football game, I, I was a starting tailback. I would almost throw up because I was so nervous. But how many know after that first crack of the helmet, all that went away, Amen. So I hope you're ready this morning. I'm not going to hold back. The title of this message is Obedience Not Included. Obedience Not Included. How many of you know obedience is a requirement? Amen. I know we live in America. Many of us are patriots, but we live with an illusion of choice, don't we? Right? We used to have seven oil companies. Now we got three. Amen. We live under an illusion of choice, but we, when, you, when you serve a king, those choices go away. That's what this message is going to be about. Are you all ready today? If you have your Bible, go with me to Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to walk around. I'm going to get all in your business this morning. I hope that's okay. I hope that's all right. But obedience not included. I'm going to join you there in Philippians 2 here in just a moment. How many of your parents are in the house? Raise your hand if you're a parent. I see some parents and some grandparents, okay? And you remember the days, if you're a grandparent, that you had young kids and it was Christmas morning, or maybe it was a birthday, and there were gifts to be opened. They opened that gift, and guess what you saw? Whatever toy they wanted, right? They were so excited, but then you open up the package, and there's no batteries. Cue the meme, my brother. You got the meme. How many can identify with that? I remember, and you can take that, you can take that down. I remember... When Olivia, my 18-year-old daughter, was younger, and she had something opened up, and there were no batteries. I'm looking all over. She needed double A's. So I go to the drunk drawer in the kitchen. Guess what? There's triple A's. There's nine volts. There's C batteries. Who uses C batteries, right? But there were no triple A's. How many of you know next time, or no double A's, we had some double A batteries, right? We checked and adjusted. That time her birthday rolled around and Christmas rolled around, we were ready. We were stocked. We went to Sam's. We got the big pack. We were ready to go. We checked and adjusted, and that's what this message is going to be about, checking and adjusting. Amen? We can all, listen, we can all stand some checking and adjusting, okay? There's some attitudes and behaviors, if we were to be really honest and search our heart, that need to be checked and adjusted. 
Now, many of us in this house at some point, hopefully right now, we have claimed to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We worship him. We speak of adoration to Christ, right? Uh, when one thing that matters may be missing from our walk, and that is humble obedience. Not the type of obedience so that you can be seen, right? The quiet, humble obedience. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Obedience, Webster defines it this way as being submissive to the will of another. Mm, got a problem with that word submissive, right? Here in America, especially if you stand up to go to the bathroom, listen, we men, and we have a problem being submissive. Are you listening to me? And if you, if you know this, if you know the hierarchy of God, God is going to have revival, and it's going to happen with men as they get into alignment with the Word of God, okay? I'm not speaking just to the men, but I'm, I am talking to you this morning. Obedience implies compliance, right? Compliance with the demands of another. Y'all are quiet this morning. Listen, I'll preach a little faster if I get an amen we go to church, right? We got a lot of the boxes checked. We go to church. We pray some. We may even, you know what, two out of four weeks come to a midweek Bible study. Glory to God. You may be sowing some dollars into the kingdom, but what about humble obedience? What about it this morning? Now, for some people, when the pastor starts talking about obedience, one thing they th their mind goes to is legalism. Oh, here he comes. He's talking about obedience. He's legal. This is a legalistic guy. Let me tell you what legalism really is, okay? Legalism is me thinking that I'm going to make heaven because of what I've done. Amen? That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what humble obedience is. Obedience is all about you doing God's will, following his word, not out of duty, but because you love him <laughs> and you recognize what he's done for you. Amen? So legalism is not what we're talking about. But listen, when we talk about obedience, they're like already tired of hearing about the word, obedience. It doesn't have a good ring to it. Here in America, it doesn't have a good ring, right? It's a lot more stylish to be a rebel. It's a lot cooler to rebel than it is to be obedient. But listen to what Andrew Murray, one of the fathers of the, of the faith, said. He said, obedience is our outward expression of our love for Christ Jesus. Now, today I want to illustrate with a lot of Scripture using the word that it's much more rewarding, listen, to be obedient in this life and for the next. So we're going to be looking through the lens this morning of three things, what we do, what we have the tendency to do. We're going to look in Scripture to see what they did, right? The, the forerunners of the faith, some people that got it right and some people that got it wrong. And then we're lastly, we're going to finish up looking at some things that we can aspire to this morning. Are you all ready with me? Ready to go on a little journey? I've got a list, and by the time I get to the end of it, y'all are going to be like, whew, glory to God. He's, he is about through. Now, let's look at what we do. Can I teach this morning? So you're here on a Sunday morning. You have taken action to come and be in the house of the Lord, probably because you like being around like-minded, faith-filled people. Amen? I noticed you uh, said the Pledge of Allegiance, one nation under God. Listen, without the church, it's not a nation under God, okay? And we are the ones that are going to change that. But more on that in a minute. Many of you are obedient to the Lord. But there may be even some in this crowd that there's some development needed. There's some growth needed of surrender 
in your heart. So the first thing that I want to tackle this morning, number one, there's a long list here, but we're going to go through this one first, self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. And really, it's akin to selfishness. Look at Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Verse 3 says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Man, we are good at looking out for ourselves. Amen. We are good at looking out for our household. We're good at finding an angle to where things can benefit us. But what about the next person? What about just doing something so that you could be a blessing to someone else. Amen. We need more of that in the church. We we need more of that in our world. Some of y'all are going to shout me down on this next one. Number two, patriotism. Patriotism can be an issue in the church. Listen, I am a red-blooded American talking to red-blooded Americans, okay? And how blessed we are to be born in this nation to come to this house, lift up holy hands without any worry at all when we walk out that door. Come on, that is, that's worthy of God's praise right there. Amen. Give him praise. Yes, Jesus. But sometimes we get in the trap where we put Christianity in the same box of our political values. Sometimes we even project Christianity onto that flag. Listen, Jesus is not an American. Amen? He's not an American. He's not on our side. We're on his side. Amen? We need to remember that we are citizens of heaven, church. America may pass away, and I hope it doesn't soon, okay? I want my kids and my grandkids, should the Lord tarry, to grow up in a nation where they can worship, they can praise, they can work, and they can raise godly families and touch the world. Amen? But if it does pass away, guess what? God stays the same. Amen? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, what I'm saying is celebrate traditional American values. Listen, we're having to contend with some things today that we, I never dreamed. I'm only 37, but my Lord, how it's changed over the last two to three years. There's been an acceleration of sin and culture change in this nation. We got to guard against that. We got to celebrate what's good. Amen? Now, number three, fear and worry. I'm going to stay here for just a minute. Fear and worry. Let's just be honest. Last two years, we dealt with some things, my gosh, that have unsettled us all, okay? Last two years, who, ha- who here has dealt with fear, worry, anxiety? Raise your hand. If you haven't, you have not been, you, you've barely been alive, okay? You're, you've been living under a rock, Okay? Come on, well, you got the economy, you got this culture world this, that's going on, you got this divisiveness that's happening. Never mind the geopolitical uh, things that are happening around the world. Listen, what I love about this church that I noticed right off the bat is you're going to be involved in politics in a healthy way, amen? Because you know how to affect change here at the local level, amen? We all live right here in Southeast Arkansas. We're better to have an impact than right here in Southeast Arkansas. That's wonderful. But fear and worry has affected us to some degree. Listen, when we closed our doors for five weeks, I was like, man, I told my pastor, I said, man, we're in sin right now. We didn't understand COVID. We didn't know what was going on, but I just did not feel right not to come to God's house and give him praise. 
I don't care what you do online. You got to do that sometimes. I understand it. People have to travel. But, man, we made, we made a declaration after all this, you know, after some things were exposed that we'll never do that again. No matter what may come, we're never going to close the doors of the church again. Are you with me in the house this morning? One thing we have to remember about fear and worry is, you know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, right? He's given us what? Power, love, and a sound mind. We all have a sound mind, whether we know it or not, amen? You may have a concern about Aunt Ethel, but if she's saved, listen, she has a sound mind. Are you listening to me? Romans 14, 23 says this, anything, listen, when God says anything, we need to pay attention. Anything that is done apart from faith is sin. Are you listening to me this morning? This includes our thinking, Listen, in the church, we have accepted depression and anxiety as a clinical diagnosis. I don't know why I keep coming over here. Maybe there's somebody over here I need to preach to. We've accepted depression as a clinical diagnosis when, in fact, it could be rooted in sin. Now, I understand there's chemical imbalances, but sin is the problem in this world. Amen? Sin is the problem. And if you want to get healthy, I don't have to lay hands on you. God can move that way. But we just need to get obedient and do what the Word of God says. Amen? Anything apart from faith is sin. Paul, he instructs the church at Corinth in his second letter, listen, to take every thought captive. Can I just tell you something? That's hard work. That is hard work. You will wear yourself out by lunch, okay, if you are doing that and taking every thought captive. Something I want to tell you about your thought life. We know that as you think, so you go. That's in Scripture. That's in the book of Proverbs, right? But how many of you know every thought that comes up in your mind is not your thought, right? The enemy does battle in our minds, which is why we have to guard against the things that we see on our phones, on TV, the things that we're listening to. Uh, amen? Come on, if it doesn't give glory to God, it's time to get it out of your house and get it out of your life. I'm not going to be popular. I may not be asked to come back, but that's all right. I'm going to preach his word. Listen to me this morning. Fear and worry come from a place of not trusting God, and we need to trust him with everything. <laughs> Listen, everything. I had a brother come to me. Uh, I won't say his name. Some of y'all may know him. He said, man, I made about $11,000 this week. He runs a business. I said, well, man, praise God. That's wonderful. And he said, man, I'm struggling. I was like, whoa, how, you, how are you struggling? He said, man, I don't know how to, if I can write the tithe check. I'm like, hey, man, you can't afford not to write that tithe check. Listen, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You have that 11,000 because God has given you favor, amen? And, and tithing is just an act of worship. So if you can't worship God with your money, then you're going to struggle. <laughs> your business is going to struggle. Your marriage is going to struggle. Why? Because he was fearful. He was fearful. we got to guard against fear, church. Y'all ready for me to move on? <laughs> Number four, pride. Pride. Now, we mention pride all the time in the church, don't we? We mention it all the time. But what happens is when we, when we have an argument, when we have a fight, we forget all about it, don't we? All right, pride is the mother of all contention. How many of you know that this morning? If you're fighting with somebody, if you're living with unforgiveness, it is because of pride in your life. How many of you know that that's the original sin? It is a stink in the nostrils of God. We need to repent of pride. Now, I'm going to speak to the folks in the house this morning that have the gift of criticism. Amen. That's not a spiritual gift, by the way. Amen. 
the gift of criticism. Now, when you think your opinions, and me and Pastor Marty didn't talk, by the way, before I, I gave him this, uh, this title. But when you think that your opinions are always valid and always need to be heard, if you're the kind of person that changes when you have an audience, listen, it's time to repent. It's time to get right with the Lord this morning. Anytime that you feel like you're one of the uppity-ups, like you've got it all together, it's pride. We're all in need of His grace. We all are blood-washed in this house. If you're saved, amen, you've been blood-washed, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Listen, if you ever feel like you're better than somebody else, it's time to repent and time to pray for the person that you feel like you're better than. Amen? Let's move on. Number five, got to mention this. We just had Thanksgiving, and I had to repent myself. Man, I love some pie, Pastor, and I love some shortbreads and some cakes, okay? Gluttony and covetousness. You know they're one and the same. Gluttony and covetousness, now it takes many forms. I'm going to give you an example. I got promoted about a week ago, glory to God, and I have been wanting a new truck for three years, okay? I don't need a new truck, but I sure want one. And I know exactly what I want, amen? (laughs) But you know, when you are a slave to righteousness, and I'm not bragging on myself, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. He knows he can see things coming before I can, okay? He's a genius. If you'll let him work in your life, you'll look like a genius, okay? But I want one bad. I still want one, but not as bad as I used to, okay? And I had a brother come to me. He he bought our new truck, and we were looking it over, and he was like, man, this is what my faith has done. And I said, really? He said, yeah, God gave me this truck. And I said, well, who did he use to give it to you? And he said, well, I'm making payments. I said, well, God didn't give it to you then. I said, let me tell you what my faith has done. (laughs) Huh? I said, let me tell you what my faith has done. My faith has delivered me from the covetousness of wanting a new truck. Now, he's still delivering me, amen? Now, 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 this is a brother I could speak to that way. I wouldn't just say this to anybody. Amen. Gluttony. And covetousness takes many forms. Y'all listen to me this morning. We bury ourselves in debt in order to make sure we have the best and the newest, right? The disciples, they often lived off, listen to me, the generosity of others. And Jesus was a poor carpenter. You got pastors today talking about Jesus wore designer clothes. No, he did not. (laughs) Amen. He was a carpenter and he depended on his heavenly father, but also him moving through the lives of other people. Listen, if you cannot afford that Mercedes, by all means, don't get it. But if you can, go ahead and get it. Amen. Just make sure you're doing the first thing correctly. If you're spending hundreds of dollars each month paying off debt, listen, you could be committing this sin. You know, and Jesus knows. Amen? Look inside your own heart. Now, I'm not against nice, having nice things. Amen? We all like nice things, right? I, I like to say this. Don't buy more. Just buy better, right? <laughs> buy better stuff and buy it less often. Amen? But when stuff begins to have you, that's a problem. And only you know, amen? Only you know in this house this morning. Look at Philippians 3:19 with me. Now, Paul is speaking about those who could not conform to the will of God because of their earthly desires. He says in Philippians 3:19 of those, he said, their end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame because they set their mind on earthly things. Listen, I was... Listen, I like nice things like the next person, okay? We built a house in 2019. It's nice. Nicest house I've ever lived in, amen? 
We like nice things. But I come across that scripture in the book of Romans that talks about walking after the Spirit. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? And I asked the Lord, you know, what, what is carnality? I was struggling with what it really meant in the spiritual sense. This is what the Holy Spirit whispered to my heart. He said, carnality in the life of the believer is attaching any permanence to this life here on earth. Whew, that's what I said. I was like, Lord, I need to repent of some things then because I'm making plans and I'm, listen, you are in the safest place when you give all your plans, your hopes, your desires and dreams to the Lord. Listen, he can fold all of those into his bigger dream. Give it to the Lord. You don't have to wrestle with it. Just let the Lord have it. Amen? Don't attach permanence to this world. We are citizens of heaven. Number six, gossip. Ooh. Some of y'all hind parts just tightened up a little bit in that chair. (laughs) Gossip. Now, listen, I'm from the South. I was born below the Mason-Dixon. Glory to God. Amen? And there's an unspoken rule that you can just say whatever you want, right? As long as you follow it up with, bless her heart. <laughs> right? Bless their heart. Now, what we're really thinking is, bless their darling heart and their stupid head, right? Bless their heart. And I'm guilty just like anybody else. We like to talk about other people's lives as if we live in their heads and we know everything that's going on when in fact we don't, right? This is something that churchy people are often accused of. Am I talking to anybody in the house this morning? Somebody else, amen. Yeah, I don't want to say it too loud. Amen. Why do we do it? Because gossip provides a temporary escape from our own sin, from our own situation, right? But I want to ask you this morning, and you know this answer. Don't shout it out. Does the 16-year-old pregnant woman, does she feel comfortable in this house? I believe she probably would. But you know if she'd feel comfortable or not. What about the man that's been cheating on his wife, and everybody in town knows it. Does he feel comfortable coming into this house and laying it all bare before the Lord? Amen? What about somebody who's just down and out? They made a lot of bad decisions. Are they comfortable in this house? And if we're gossiping and we have a judgmental spirit, listen, they will not feel welcome. Ephesians 4.29 is very clear about what ought to come out of our mouth. The Scripture says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Listen, we're all in need of God's grace. Amen? I need it every hour of every day, especially when I go to Walmart. I don't want to work for Walmart. I don't want to check myself out, but they only got two checkers, and I don't have a choice if I want to get out of there. Amen? Listen, we all need the Holy Ghost. We, amen? We all need the Holy Spirit in his leading. We need, we need to hear that whisper until it becomes a shout in our hearts. We need to repent of gossip if we're guilty. We know if we are. We know if we've engaged in gossip. Number seven. Some of y'all take a deep breath. We're almost there. We're going to take a turn here in just a minute. Number seven. Hatred. Hatred. Now, we know it's wrong. Jesus said, if you even think about hurting someone, you've sinned, right? Now, who in here besides me, when our cities were burning in the summer of 2020, were daydreaming about busting a cap on some of those looters and rioters? I can't be the only one. Come on. Amen. Amen. My pastor said, man, you got an AR-15? I said, how many of them do I have? Huh? How many? 
Listen, I, 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 I hated to see that happen in our nation. And I hated it so much that I began to hate the people that were engaged in it. Man, it burned me up right up in here, okay? I mean, I got, my face was red and I'm a brown guy, okay? I, I was upset. I was upset about what was happening in our country and how it was, anyway, I'm going to get off that. I'm getting mad. I'm going to have to repent again. But listen, I did. I had to repent more than once, more than once. But hatred could be just something simple, like we have ought with somebody. We have a disagreement with somebody, and we have convinced ourselves that we have forgiven them. But when somebody mentions their name, that hair on the back of your neck, you begins to bristle and you begin to tense up a little bit. Amen? Come on. We need to search our hearts this morning. Don't let this fly over your head. We need to search our hearts this morning because if you've not forgiven them, you will not be forgiven this day. Amen? We need to make sure that we are quick to forgive. We need to be a people who are, it's very difficult to offend somebody who is a slave to Christ Jesus. Amen? It's very difficult to offend somebody who is walking around in grace led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Are you listening to me in the house this morning? Lastly, on this end, judgment. Judgment. Having a judgmental attitude can be the end of your influence in Lake Village, Arkansas. God didn't just call you to see that, that Lake Village, Arkansas was saved. He called you to see that Southeast Arkansas was saved. Amen? You have an influence beyond Lake Village and probably much beyond that. you got an online uh, ministry as well. Listen, if we're judgmental, it will kill our influence, whether in the workplace, in the schoolhouse, or in the marketplace. And I know family, family is the hardest. Some of y'all endured Thanksgiving, glory to God, and you didn't say what you wanted to say, amen? You didn't set so-and-so straight. You prayed for them instead. I give God praise for you right now, amen? It's hard. It's hard. Now, now listen, we walk a fine line with being judgmental. Paul said that we are to expel abject sinners, right? We don't indulge any sinner in their sin, Right? But it's a fine line to walk. We've got to remember that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Anytime we think less of others, we've got to remember we were there too. Amen? We were there as well, and we need God's grace just like they do. Amen? Y'all still with me this morning? Let's turn a corner. So we talked about what we have a propensity to do sometimes in the church world, sometimes in our own household. But let's look at what those in Scripture have done. I need to move quickly today. Adam and Eve, listen, they had one command. Adam and Eve had one command. I'd like to go back and slap him. Like, Adam, you had everything, man. He'd, Adam didn't even need faith. You know, when you get to heaven, on that day when you see Christ face to face, you're not going to need faith because you're going to be with him. Amen? Adam and Eve walked with the Lord in the cool of the day. All they had was one thing. Guess what? That fruit, they began to salivate the moment that command went out. They began to salivate over that forbidden fruit. And, you know, here we, here we are in need of God's grace, in need of the blood of Jesus. Here we are needing to reach a world so they don't go to hell, right? Now, when I think of Jonah, anybody read that book of Jonah? It's six chapters. If you've not read Jonah, please read it. Just, it takes about 20 minutes. Jonah is a wonderful example of the modern-day Christian. Are you listening to me this morning? He was miserable. He was a miserable human being doing what God asked him to do. But how many of you know he was much more miserable outside of the will of God. Living in the will of God is not always going to feel good, but it's going to feel right. <laughs> Amen. 
And it, it's going to be hard. Can I just tell you this morning, it was hard for Jonah to go back and preach to those that he could not stand. But God may be calling you to do the very same thing. There may be some people you disrespect. There's some people on your job that you just don't want to be around. There's some people in this community that you have an aversion to. You want to stay away from them. Amen. Those are the very people that need the grace that God wants to use through you and in your life. Amen. If we're going to touch Southeast Arkansas, we need to go after those people. Amen. The people that God are chasing after. Jonah, living outside the will of God. What about Saul? King Saul, anybody know the story? Saul's disobedience was incredible. Now, you can't ignore the Hebrew people. They were discontent with the judges. They were discontent with God Almighty being their king. Can you even imagine that today? So they asked the Lord, we want somebody to rule over us. Well, he gave them Saul. And if I remember the story correctly, on the day of Saul's coronation, he was hiding in the luggage. The Bible says he was in the stuff. Now, he stood head and shoulders above everybody in in, in Israel at that time. He was a big guy, good-looking guy. He was hiding. He was nervous. He was humble. And he was meek. And he was a little mild, wasn't he? He didn't stay that way, did he? It didn't take very long. It didn't take very long to, to know that he was somebody who was going to turn their heart against God. Listen to what Samuel says about Saul and about the nation in 1 Samuel 12, 14 and 15. Now, this is on that same day, on coronation day. Samuel says, he's talking to the Hebrew people and to the king. He says, if you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. Amen. If you do what you're supposed to do, everything's going to be all right. Verse 15 says, however, it's always a flip side. If you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. Now, Saul wasn't king very long. He, he did not even lose the luster on his crown before disobedience began to set in. Now, I remember when the Lord sent him against Amalek. Am, now, uh, if you don't know the story, in the 40 years in the desert, the Amalekites, they were chasing after the Israelites, but they were ruthless, man. They were going after the old and the maimed and the sick and killing them off. And how many of you know God's going to judge, amen? He's not slack concerning his promises, even judgment, okay? When he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. So the Lord ordained judgment against the people of Amalek, you know, those Amalekites, and he instructed Saul through Samuel, the prophet, to destroy all of them. I love it when the Scripture says all because I don't have to count because I know how much is left after all. Amen? None. <laughs> he said destroy them all. Leave nothing alive, even the animals. So Samuel comes back and he finds out that they did not obey God's command. Now listen to Samuel's indignation. Indignation while he questioned Saul in 1 Samuel 15, 20, and 22. Y'all okay this morning? And Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Won't we do that? Lord, I did what you said. I did what you said. He said, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me, and I brought back King Agag of Amalek, and I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Making excuses. We like to pass the buck. Listen to what Samuel, the man of God, said. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, listen, church, 
To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than fat of rams. Did y'all catch that? Obedience is the chief thing with the Lord. Yes, we need our faith in Jesus. Absolutely. By grace, through faith. But then what? We got to do what he says to do. Amen. We got to do the simple things. We got to do the simple things. Doing what he said to do. Now, Moses, let's move on to Moses, somebody who got it right. Amen. Most of the time. (laughs) Most of the time. Moses was later chosen because he would do as the Lord commanded to the point of circumcising his adult male servants and his son against his wife's wishes. Listen, you better be solid on the rock of God when you go against your wife. Amen. You better be ready, okay? You better be ready for the whirlwind. You better know that you've heard from the Lord, and he did, and he did. Listen, Moses was blessed by God. Ultimately, if you look at his life, God just doesn't go around burying everybody, okay? God buried Moses, and nobody that's ever walked foot on this earth knows where Moses was buried. He had a blessed life, ultimately, amen, because of his obedience. Now, Abraham. Abraham became the epitome of obedience when he was willing to do what? Sacrifice his own son. Sacrifice his own son. Listen, God gave the command and he honored it immediately. God gave him the word in the evening. The very next morning, they had saddled and they were ready to go to Mount Moriah. And you and I are still being blessed because of Abraham's obedience. Listen, we need to understand the most blessed people in Scripture are those that hear the word of the Lord and do it. Amen? It's not enough to just hear it. I remember when Sophia was about four years old, and I came into a room, and she was just playing, bebopping along, and I'm like, okay, she ain't, she ain't doing nothing I told her to do. I said, hey, sweetie, what are you doing? What are you doing? And she said, Daddy, I'm playing. I said, did you not remember what I told you? She said, yeah, you told me to clean my room. And her room was a mess. I was like, well, why haven't you done it? But some of us are that way, right? We know exactly what God has called us to do, and we've not, we're not doing it. We need to, it's not enough to know what God said, amen? We need to do what God said. I know I'm not bringing anything. We're not swinging from the chandeliers. This is basic stuff. But if we would do it, you'll see the, the, you'll see the blessing, amen? Physical obedience brings spiritual breakthrough. If you're needing a breakthrough in your life, look at your life. Be sure you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Listen, there's some things that we can aspire to, and I'm coming down the home stretch. We're going to be at all the, we may be at all the Baptists this morning to eat. This, this is important. This is, I get excited about this last part of the message. Right, let's look to, today at some things that we can aspire to. Being obedient, not simply because we fear him or that there's some reward in it for us, but obeying him because we love him. Man, do you love him this morning? If you love him, Jesus, he said himself, if you love me, you'll do what I ask you to do, right? Why do you say you love me and don't do what I say, huh? More on that. I want to submit to you this morning, we can all be better. Pastor Marty can be better. I can be better. We all can be better. We can all can do better as we're led by the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you something. There is a blessing to be had in obedience. There is a blessing to be had when you obey God's word and you don't even know how he's going to do it. You don't know how he's going to come through. You don't know what the future holds. Listen, that is the safest place for you to be. Amen. Not knowing what the future holds. Not trying to control the future, but just obeying 
his word. Amen? I know it's, I know it's elementary. If you need a good study on people who knew how to obey God's Word, look no further than Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. You'll find person after person after person who knew how to trust God. Listen, I believe that's the problem in the church today. We want to do things ourselves. We want to operate in our own gifts, our natural gifts. But God has some spiritual gifts that need to be in use in this house. And I feel like I'm led to speak on this for just a moment. If you are sitting on the gift of prophecy, if you're sitting on the gift of helps, if you have a godly wisdom that you know you should be sharing, you need to share it. We're all going to get better as we use what God has given us, as we obey him. So if you have a gift, if God's been dealing with, with you about serving, man, go up to Pastor Marty after service and say, you know what, that's me. Plug me in where you need me. Amen. That's what Jesus is looking for. Somebody who says, yep, here I am, Lord, send me. I don't care where I, where I need to go, but I'm going to do what you said. Amen. So let's look at those. Let's look in Psalm 119 very quickly. Psalm 119, the first nine verses tells us what we can expect in this life as we obey the Lord. He starts off with blessed, blessed. When God's word says you're blessed, you're blessed, okay? But there's always a contingency to the blessing. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. The law. What is the law? Love the Lord. Love people. Amen. That's the law. Amen. That's the summation of the law. Number two, blessed are those who keep his testimonies. How do you overcome? By the word of your testimony, by the blood of the lamb. Amen. I can sit up here and preach so you're blue in the face and I'm blue in the face. But when I share my testimony, when we lift up Christ Jesus, amen, all men will begin to be drawn unto him, right? It's the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You've commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my eyes were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. I'll praise you with the uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Don't, don't forsake me. How can a young man cleanse his way? How? By taking heed according to your word. More on that. Some of us, when we look in the mirror, if we're honest, we don't like what we see. Because we don't just see our face. We don't just see the few blemishes that we're going to cover up here in a few minutes, right? We see ourselves for who we are. And some of us, we want to look away. Because we don't know who we are in Christ. And there's some sin in our life that we have pushed down below level. And when we come to church, you know what? Everything looks good. man. And y'all do look good this morning, okay? Y'all look wonderful this morning. But there are some things in your heart that you know you know that you need to bring before the Lord. Amen? And now is a wonderful time while the Holy Spirit is highlighting that thing to bring it to the Lord. Listen, you'll feel better. You're going to feel better immediately. But then you're going to look at the mirror and you're going to begin to like what you see. The more you're led by the Holy Spirit, the more you're going to look like Christ inside and out. You're going to be like, you know, I'm no longer ashamed. I am more than a conqueror. I am who Christ died for. Amen. I am a king and a priest to the most high God. I'm not going to have my head down. I'm going to lift my eyes up. I know where my help comes from. Amen. But we need to lay everything down. Listen, the more you know Jesus, 
the more you love him. The more you know him, the more you love him. And the easier it is to be like him, the easier it is to do what he said to do. Just draw yourself unto him. Amen. John 14, 15, and 18, this is what Jesus said. He said, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, listen, and I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper. I'm preaching to somebody that he may abide with you forever. Listen, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither knows him or sees him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'll not leave you. I'll come to you. Pastor Marty preached about the Holy Spirit. You've got to have new wineskins if you want the new wine. Amen? We must have the Holy Spirit. Amen? Or we must let him have us, right? But how? How do we have a greater measure of God? How do we get that baptism of the Holy Spirit? Can I talk about that for just a moment? There are some people in this room I feel like there are, that have been seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit maybe for years. And I don't know where you heard it. Maybe you haven't got tongues yet, right? Listen, when I, got, when I bought these shoes, the tongue came with them, okay? Are you, are you listening to me? When you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, the tongues will come. But it starts with obedience. Listen to what he said. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray the Father, and he'll send another. Listen, a greater measure of God, you being filled with the Holy Ghost to the point of overflowing, is contingent upon your obedience. It's the chief thing. Listen, the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Anybody know that scripture? The blessing of the Lord, I am convinced, is the Holy Spirit. He is the blessing. He brings us to Jesus. Jesus brings us to the Father. Amen? But the Holy Spirit in this dispensation is God in us. And we need to be led by him. We, listen, I said this to somebody. I said it to my wife this morning. Uh, we have a problem going on at work, and I'm not sure how we're going to solve it. And I was praying about that. I was praying about this service. The Holy Spirit, he's such a good counselor. <laughs> this is what he said. He said, if you'll listen to me, you'll know the answer to every problem you encounter. I said, Whoa. I said, praise God. Amen. Can we listen to him? Can we be led by him? So what does that look like practically? Can I just, let's just be practical. Anything you do, anything you encounter, we ought to consult the one who knows everything about everything. We ought not make decisions from our own talents, from our own reservoir, which is far too shallow. Amen. We ought to dip the ladle in the reservoir that has no end. Amen? We ought to go to the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? This is what I'm thinking about, but I really need to hear from you. And if you wait long enough, if you're patient enough, you'll hear from him without fail. The answer may be no. That was a bad idea. And he may inspire you to do or say something else. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. As we obey the Lord, we get more of him. How many of you know Peter from the New Testament? Man, I love Peter. I'm the first to volunteer. My dad said, don't volunteer for nothing, boy, but I'm the first to raise my hand and say, I'll go. I'll do it. Don't even know what I'm getting ready to do, right? That was Peter. Peter was always the first to speak. My dad had another saying, too. I've been guilty of this. The one who knows the least knows the loudest, right? Peter was always the one to first volunteer and to first open his mouth, right? Sometimes he should have waited. Now, Peter was the only apostle, right, that got called Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan. He was talking to Peter, right? Man, that's hard to follow. But, you know, Peter, 
Peter got his act together, didn't he? Peter got his act together. It, put, it took him a bit of time. It's taken me some time. Amen? But he got it together. He understood that there is a direct correlation from obedience to breakthrough, from obedience to blessing. Amen? Why? Why in so many churches are, are pastors standing behind pulpits? They're preaching some word. They may be preaching another Jesus. There's no signs. There's no works. There's no tears in the crowd. There's no conviction of hearts because there's disobedience from the pulpit. Amen? And they're spewing death if they're not teaching God's word unadulterated. But Peter got it together. Acts chapter 5, verse 29 through 32. But Peter and the other apostles, they answered and they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And listen, we're his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Listen, if you want more of God, it ain't rocket science. The fuel to that rocket is obedience. It's not hard, church. We ought to obey what God's Word said. He said again, we're witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. Now listen, what was he talking about? He was getting chastised by the Sanhedrin. They were, he was on a small trial, if you will, at a tribunal. They were fussing at him because a man got healed, and they were proclaiming the name of Jesus. He said, listen, I, I love the temple. I like coming here to worship and teach, but I'm going to obey God rather than men. I want to say this, and I believe it's the Lord this morning. What it looks like to be a Christian today is already changing. It's already changing. And what it looks like to be a Christian next year and the year after is going to be vastly different than what it is today. See, today we can come here and we can look the part and we can say we believe, but there's coming a day that persecution is going to come to Lake Village, Arkansas. It's going to come to our nation in a greater measure. And for those that are shaky in their walk and they don't know who their God is, they're going to struggle. And there may be fewer of us, but get, listen, God is doing that. Don't be mad about that. That's something that God is going to do because judgment is coming to the house of God first. So before it comes, let's get our hearts settled this morning. Would you stand with me as the band is coming? Listen, I know this word isn't one to shout about. Amen. I wanted to preach something else, but I knew I needed to preach this. Obedience applies to every one of us. So I just want you to bow your heads very quickly and bow your hearts. This is a wonderful church, by the way. The Holy Spirit has moved and is moving right now. And if we can't be honest with God in this house. If we can't be honest with each other, then you won't be able to be honest with anybody. This is a safe place. I have seen it myself. Amen. If God is dealing with you about anything, and I mean anything, I want you to raise your hand right now. Come on, God, you're not where you ought to be. There are some things in your life. Amen. I see the hands. I said, glory to God, I see the hands. Listen, everybody Jesus called, he called publicly. 
When he said to Mary, he said, go and sin no more. It was in public. And I wonder if there's anybody in the house this morning that would respond to that call. You say, you know what? It's, that's me, Pastor. That's me. If that's you, I want you to come right now. Don't let this moment pass you by. If you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand and you should have, there's something in your life that you need to purge right now. I want you to come. I'm not going to wait very long. I want you to come right now. If that's you, come. Pastor Marty, my wife, we're going to pray with you here in just a minute. Amen. If that's not you, I want you praying right now. Pray in the Holy Spirit if you have a prayer language. But be praying for these people right now in Jesus' name.